this is the next episode of 10 Questions Podcast, but this is a version called Math is Hard because, dang it, I've already had Wirefall on the show before, and I don't care to count the questions this time around, all right? <laughs> How are you doing, Wirefall? Doing all right, doing all right. And, and uh, this is a perfect podcast for me to be on because I find most things hard. <laughs> oh, come on. I, I, I doubt that. You've, uh, you're, you're obviously uh, an expert enough in something. Uh, in being frustrated yes uh, okay okay and, and to be fair enough i think there's many people frustrated right now because well twitter dms are down or at least in the browser, <laughs> in the browser yes. they are um uh, you know i i found i was able to send you a message through dms on my phone and it actually went but every time i tried to send the send the link to for, for you to get on um through, through dms in the browser i'd send it it showed that it sent then I refresh the page and there's no sign of it. Same here. Oh, well, and I checked down detector too. And uh, it, it, it turns out that there's a quite, uh, quite a little bit of an issue going on right now, but uh, out of all places, the looks like the biggest effect of the issue with Twitter happens to be Tokyo. Hmm. Interesting. So I, I have no idea what goes, what goes behind uh the where the where where these problems manifest themselves and they don't so so you figured out the termination point of my vpn i guess <laughs> and well yeah, i figured out the i figured out the termination point but i still hadn't figured out uh what which one of the uh 70 hops that you go through though <laughs> oh all right well now hey Hey, uh, you know, that, uh, the, the uh, pretense of why I even said, hey, let's go ahead and get you back on the show is um, you've, uh, you've uh, mentioned uh, the uh, Folding at Home project a few times. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, a, uh, it, it's, it, it's a good mention because of the biggest reasoning behind the project. So, yeah, hey, you're, 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 you're the one geeking out over it a little more than, uh, than I would be. So. I'll, I'll let you talk about that. Awesome. I appreciate the opportunity to, and uh, um, folding at home comes down to a lot of mathematics, but you don't have to understand it. So uh, math is hard, but it doesn't have to be hard to participate. So uh, um, the whole thing about folding at home is it's leveraging highly distributed computing to solve complex problems. So to give a little bit of background, uh, I think most people have probably heard of SETI at home. Uh, back in the day, uh, their SETI, S-E-T-I, Search for Intelligent Extraterrestrial Intelligence, athome.berkeley.edu. Uh, so as the uh, fully qualified domain name says, uh, that comes out of the University of California, Berkeley. It started in 1999, uh, you, leveraging the idle cycles of computers to look for signals within uh, within the telescope data, the radio telescope data. Uh, they had a screensaver that would process all of the uh, activity when the screensaver was on, so they knew that it was idle. Uh, unfortunately, or, or uh, um, not, it's an end of an era in that the last data sets for SETI at home were sent out on March 30th of 2020, just this past month. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's, it's shutting down. Um, but they recommended that everybody participate in continuing the, the idea of this distributed computing, uh, especially with COVID-19. 
and they recommended uh, uh, an organization called Science United, which is uh, just scienceunited.org. Now, I don't have any any uh, information or experience with them. I'm sure uh, SETI was associated with them. They're a you know an honorable organization, uh, but I have experience with folding at home which is just foldingathome.org. Now, I think there's probably a reason that SETI at Home uh, referenced people or, or, or told people to go to Science United, and that's because Folding at Home is a project by Stanford that started in 2000. So um, I have no inside information, but that would be my guess. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. The, the, the concept of Folding at Home is uh, they study how proteins fold. Uh, and um, this is a, a very complex process, but it's very discreet. So it, it's very uh, open to being able to compartmentalize, to chunk and send out data to multiple devices to process and send back. Um, how proteins fold has an impact on many disorders, including like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, even cancers. And uh, Folding at home has always allowed you to choose which one. They still allows you to choose which you'd like to focus on. But uh, right now it defaults to COVID-19 because of the global pandemic. And uh, their story is, is, is absolutely amazing uh, from what has happened just in a couple of months. In that in February, they had approximately 30,000 active participants. So these are people who are donating their idle cycles uh, to folding proteins. Um, in March, they were at 400,000. And since they've added at least another 300,000. Wow. Uh, yeah, so this is going up significantly. Part of that probably because SETI at Home is closing, even though they recommended folks go to Science United, people were looking for something else to do with their cycles. But a big part was in a shout out to NVIDIA um, who on March 13th, solicited all of its users to participate. And that's where they saw the biggest jump. It went from like threefold to fivefold to 30-fold. Uh, they were having problems getting enough data sets to people to process. Yeah, I saw, I saw a few people mention online, hey, I'm doing this, but they're only using like 5% of my idle processes right now. Yeah, yeah. I think they've got a lot of kinks worked out. But uh, um, yeah, it was just, I mean, nobody can expect that kind of growth. And uh, they, they handled it fairly well. The uh, the process itself, you can do it on a phone. Uh, you can do it just on a regular computer. Your CPU, CPU can be used. Uh, but it's really, really effective on GPUs because the whole idea of the GPU is parallelized um, uh, discrete processes. So it can ha hammer many, many, many of these out par in parallel, just like why the GPUs are so good for password cracking. Um, and in fact, I've seen a number of security consulting companies that are now dedicating their password cracking rigs when they're not doing password cracking to folding at home and, and contributing significantly to that, to that effort. But uh, I don't know what it is now because the growth has been so exponential, but uh, I think it was almost a month ago. I, I saw an article where the processing power at the time was, I think 430 petaflops. Wow. <clears throat> I saw a, article recently said that they've now just passed exaflops but at the 430 petaflops 
it was more powerful than the top seven supercomputers in the world combined. So that really, really shows the power of distributed computing, and and I love it because it's the the you know it's the power of the people. It's not the the centralized uh, computing power. It's that we're all participating. We're all helping. You know, and, and imagine that if if your particular chunk, even if you were on your phone and you just grabbed one chunk, and that happened to be the one that found out the unique property of because uh, you know we can look at these these proteins statically. We, you know, we have the ability to look at them statically. Uh, under microscopes and but that doesn't present the transformations of where we might have the opportunity i can't remember what they call it but where when it's folding that we have an opportunity to actually have a uh um something that can attack that process mm -hmm. we see them statically and so the folding is here's all the possible permutations and we can develop things to where they have these openings to attack them and uh what if you're one little chunk happened to be the one that found it. I mean, you can put on your CV, yeah, cured COVID-19, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I just love it because it's, it's, it's for a good cause. Um, there's, there was, uh, um, there's so many people doing other things too. There was a, a friend of mine who, uh, somebody he interviewed was uh, putting out a Candy Crush-like app, but instead all the proceeds go to COVID-19. So you're playing something very similar. You're just doing monetization, that kind of thing, but you're, uh, you know, you're contributing. So there's a lot of people doing a lot of good things out there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I see, well, while I was uh, listening to you talk about that, I was looking to see if I could find, uh, find the most up-to-date number. I guess it's not, it wouldn't be as easy to find as one might think. I don't know. Um, I know they hit exaflops, which is impressive. <laughs> yeah, 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 very impressive. Yeah, but the, it, uh, it, it, it absolutely is. I mean, it just it, it just goes back to it, it just goes back to you know show of show of uh, you know what okay you know we, we we also like hey we need the latest and greatest computer and everything and how much of it are we actually using again? <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, it just takes the, the the you know the spare cycle, so it can be of any device that can contribute yeah. that, and you add that in the power of the numbers, and mm. it's amazing. Well, um, any, yeah, any any time you do anything in in mass, it's 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 going to end up doing that. Yeah, and and the uh, the application that I, I brought up, I uh, just uh, looked it up. It was it's called Bio Blast. And I'm not saying, uh, you know, I have an endorsement of it. I don't play video games. <laughs> so, but uh, it sounded very cool and that they're, they're trying to monetize, uh, you know, people just playing a fun game to uh, uh, right now, COVID-19. But in the future, you know, once we, once we tackle this beast, uh, continue on with the other, like, just like uh, folding at home will do with cancers and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, that. Well, if if you are listening to this and you're in so inclined, that that sounds like a good and worthy uh, donation of your unused processes. Uh, yeah, it'll it'll cost you pennies or whatever on the uh, additional energy that you yeah, use, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it, it's 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 not like you're uh, building a, a, a Bitcoin mining farm 
to art anything. <laughs> well, that, that was one of that was one of the comparisons they said it was, yeah. you know, uh, is, is maybe you make a few dollars on Bitcoin potentially, uh, or you can you know solve a world health or uh, problem. <laughs> Hey, who, who who knows? Maybe maybe, maybe there's some uh, some uh, benevolent person out there that that built a Bitcoin mining farm that that uh, is going to end up uh, converting from doing Bitcoin mining to uh, donating all that power and folding at home. Maybe. So what you're what we, you're we, saying we, is we can hope that human character that plays out with somebody. So what you're saying is I should develop a botnet that instead of a Bitcoin farmer puts on folding at home. There you go. <laughs> there, you, there you go. And, and the more malicious of a botnet it is, the easier it is to get out there. It, it, it could be the, you know, like one of those seek and destroy bugs. You don't have to have anybody open anything. It goes out actively searching and just takes it all over. Uh. I will not be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no claims of any illegal activity are actually being made on a on a recorded admission. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Uh, hey, uh, outside of uh, other things, um, I know. Uh, I know one of the things that we uh, that uh, we had uh, talked about before. Um, had been uh, Star Trek and something that has come and gone through its uh, through its first season since that particular conversation. Star Trek Picard. Did you end up watching that? I did. I did. Um, and I'll continue to watch. Uh, but it just seemed very overplayed. Very. Uh, let's pull all of our collective, you know, uh, what we've built up in credibility and, and in emotion and in everything from all of the seasons. And let's just pull off of that instead of actually developing, you know, really new and unique um, uh, Star Trek-like scenarios. Uh, I think there's some of that with the, the you know, um, having the, uh, the, the, the clones, the, 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 uh, but not really. I mean, we knew these people, these types of things existed. So it's, it, do they deserve rights and all of that? We've addressed that before. So it wasn't really anything unique. But I mean, just for everybody's waiting for it, everybody's waiting for it, they're Picard, engage. It was just so, you know, it's like, ah, oh, this is... <laughs> well, this is... Yeah, of course it's a nostalgia play. I mean, I mean, heck, everybody and their dog that was around in the 80s and 90s is doing that right now. Um, I mean, heck, Murphy Brown even even got a renewal, but it, it only lasted for a season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. no, I, it was it was. There were definitely good parts, but overall, I was just I just felt the characters were too uh, typecast. You know the 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 cigar smoking, wild shooting gun uh, captain of the the ship he's on and then uh uh just everything was just seemed very very this fits into a nice little box well was, yeah if, uh, okay so so let, let me ask you about some specifics then and okay. uh and uh for anybody listening if you have if you were interested in watching the show and you haven't yet um 
it's been a little while. I, I'm sorry. This is not a spoiler alert at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um so so let's let, let's start at the at the end the, the the big thing there picard is now an android yeah i mean what where did what was what, what i i'm not even understanding specifically why they went there why they went ahead and did that um, you know, uh, you know, for, frankly, you know, I, I knew, I knew it was coming back for a second season, but the, the way they ended it before they turned Picard into an Android, uh, you know, it, it, considering the man's age, you know, it, you know, how many seasons are we really going to get out of it? We don't know if he's, if he's going to be alive another six months or another 20 years, you know, not, nobody knows that. Um, you know, it, it would have been a perfect way to, to end a season, you know, because you, you close the chapter on this character. Yeah. Um, but, it, but, but, but of course, in the same vein, they had to play to, uh, the, they had to play to uh, uh, Data and his quest for humanity. And I guess they were trying to kill off all the rest of the characters so they, so they didn't have to bring anybody back. And, uh, and Hugh, uh, I mean, Hugh. Why'd they kill Hugh? Yeah, that was that, that that was a bit sad that they went there. Um and of course they it, then they almost made seven of nine the board queen. Yeah. Um and uh um no, I, you know, I, I you know I, I, honestly honestly I'll say I think uh I, I think Will Riker was probably looking the best out of all of them. Yeah, I would agree. Definitely. So but but no, I, I I agree with you know getting you know going ahead and killing off Data just for just for the sheer fact of okay you know the character of Data is supposed to supposed to rely on being ageless since he's an android um, yeah Brent Spiner's not a young chicken anymore <laughs> they they had to do something with Data at this point otherwise it would have gotten ridiculous trying to incorporate the beloved character into into any future storylines well he he said that he will no longer do data right yeah. um that does not mean he will not do lore oh there could be a way that, there could be a way to bring that back um you know if it's similar that, that trapped in some holographic whatever but uh but no you brought up um picard and why did they put him into an android body and and uh I don't know where they're going with this whatsoever. I don't read any of the speculation or the spoilers or any of that. I just enjoy what I see. Um, but it definitely pulls him into the fight for the group, right? Mm -hmm. He was already on their side, but now he is one of them. So it's not just a moral fight. It is now a fight for survival. Yeah. It, it's, it, and, and, and you're you're totally right. I mean, it's, uh, you know that, that while they didn't give any explanation of it uh, in that season finale, it's obviously something that will be addressed along those lines exactly in any future episodes. And I would like to see them play that. I mean, that's that's where I hope it goes. Is I would like to see them play the what does it mean to be human, and and if there are things where he is now understanding he's different, you know, even though they built in mortality, yeah. Um, 
how does this make him different than the human he was and and playing on those things i, I think that's a great exploration opportunity yeah well it's it, and uh and of course you know we've got to step back and think that Picard wasn't a hundred percent organic at that point, anyway. It's true. You know, it, it's, it, it, what was it? A, the Nosigan, I think, was was the alien that stabbed him through the heart whenever he was a cadet. So, Good reference. Yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised I actually pulled that name out <laughs> of thin air. It's been a while since I've seen that episode, um, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he already had a, he already had an artificial heart going on. So, uh, but, uh, but, yeah, but in his, he, in his, in his Borg term and all of that. So, I mean, he's, he's definitely, they've used those opportunities to explore humanity and what it means to be human. I think this is just another opportunity for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and then also, uh, also the, uh, something else to think about too, you know, the same comments I was making about data and, you know, the characters designed to, uh, to be ageless. Um, well, you did hear that, uh, that, uh, Patrick Stewart, whenever he went on The View to promote the show, that, um, he extended the invitation to Whoopi to uh, come on the second season. And if, uh, you know, if everybody remembers the storyline from Star Trek Generations, where that, that actually, uh, actually, uh, ended up showing that, that Guinan, uh, the, the character of Guinan is a uh, is a uh, uh, being that actually has um, not immortality but um, extremely delayed mortality because yeah. uh, you know she she was a child back you know back whenever Kirk first disappeared out of the timeline and so you know what you know what do you do with that. You know, I, I I personally think that if she does go ahead and come back on, they're probably going to ignore that slightly. But it, it's, it seems like the same same paradox uh, of uh, you know presenting characters twenty years later. Yeah, I'm wondering if they'll randomly pull Q in. <laughs> oh, I, John Delancey. I uh, <laughs> he's. He it, that, that, that was always that, that, that those were always some of my favorite episodes um probably probably because you know well granted I, I i don't have you know unlimited power like q but outside of that i kind of i, I kind of could relate to him you know it'd be nice to have that that unlimited power though <laughs> just snap anything, would it would anything. it would it would it would it uh-huh Hey, COVID, COVID, <laughs> hey, no doubts. COVID nineteen, snap, it's gone. Um, uh, what, what are the unintended consequences of that, though? That's of, of every decision we have unintended consequences, and the more power you have, the greater those are. But but as a cue, I don't care. <laughs> That's true. That is absolutely true. But then, why did you care about COVID? Um. Well, it, well, if. Okay, come on. For very, very, <laughs> very first episode, we figured out that that Q sees humans as playthings. You yep. got you got to keep the playthings going, right? There'll still be playthings after COVID. <laughs> oh, only only half the population though. Yeah, but uh, he didn't stop the Black Plague. True. 
true. Speaking speaking of Black Plague, I, I, I saw a, uh, I, I saw a post that somebody had made online in a reference to the whole, oh, hey, why are we already using restrictions um, that brought up the uh, Great Plague of Marseille? Mm-hmm. And uh, that was that was one of the that that was one of the last uh, well, last uh, you know sizable spreads of bubonic plague, but it was because a ship came into Marseille. Marseille, because of the repeated instances of bubonic plague, including the period known as the Black Death, uh, had put into place some extensive quarantine systems for uh, for uh, ships coming in with goods to trade. And a ship came in. That last stop was at Cyprus, and Cyprus was a known hotspot for the plague at that point in time. But you had some greedy little SOBs insist that they let the stuff and the people out of quarantine because they wanted their stuff. And Marseille lost half their population after that. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad we've progressed since then. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> We, 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 we've progressed and now we understand even better how to deal with it. Um, fortunately, we still have gritty SOBs around. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, uh, and one of the, <clears throat> I didn't, uh, I haven't had a chance to read the article, but I just saw today before we talked that uh, New York times put out, <clears throat> uh, at least the title was that uh, at the Wuhan uh, facility, mm-hmm. um, that had been detected airborne COVID-19. And that would change absolutely everything. Oh, uh, of course. I mean, everybody first thought it was because some woman in China decided to do her best Ozzy Osbourne impression. (laughs) Yeah, we we don't know the the, the true cause. I mean, there's pointers to to the uh, research facility, but, uh, um, but just the fact that if that is the case that there is airborne an airborne version of COVID-19 and if that is not contained um yeah uh, you know I mean this what we're seeing now is child's play yeah well even uh even uh I was reading this afternoon that in Germany uh Germany is starting to ease restrictions and they're already starting to see a spike in numbers yep so you know we've we've got a uh, you know, our home state of Texas that's easing restrictions. We've got Georgia, who, my gosh, is probably easing them more than any other state. And it's just like, okay, we need to step back for a second and say some of this doesn't make sense. Yeah. When, and I don't see it. I mean, I, I know it's a highly partisan issue. Mm-hmm. And that's where things uh, seem to be dividing. I don't see it as that. I, you know, see it as a human and life issue. But the one I saw this meme that just it it it, it truly made me laugh out loud. Um, you know, it showed a prepper from the Y two K kind of days, saying, "I can live in this shelter for ten years without going outside." Now they have an opportunity to do that. And they're the ones out protesting. Exactly. <laughs> in mass. Exactly. <laughs> in every every single one of those protests so far, they've they've followed up to check uh, to check what's going on. And oh, what do you know? There's been a spike in numbers after those protests. And so yeah. it's like, come on, really, people, you, you use your brains, use your brains, please. There's a reason you have them. 
yeah. I, my my uh, pessimistic viewpoint is they are using them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, you bring in up the uh, Y2K preppers. That uh, makes me think of uh, the uh, I spent a short amount of time in um, Savannah, Georgia. And, um, and, uh, I, I remember, you know, I was just kind of, yes, yeah, you know, just kind of trying to figure out, Hey, you know, would there be a good place to, to go to church while I was there? And there was one place I went to, um, just cause it had a familiar name on the door. And then I went on a Sunday morning and it's just, the the name on the door didn't jive with what I experienced, yeah. and then on top of that, the the, the thing the thing that that uh yeah, that, that uh got me a little more concerned about it than anything else was the the the, the pastor uh the sermon sounded more like y'all don't pay me enough money. <laughs> it, it, it's like I mean if you if, if you look at what he's saying, I mean literally he said that basically said that multiple times maybe not so straightforward but he did and so end up end up doing a little research about this church afterwards and i find out that this church used to have a different name on the front door but what happened was the entire the entire group of people um there is they were apparently there was plans being made in the lead up to y2k to for everybody to go to the ozarks to uh to uh wait out the entire calamity and apocalypse that was about to befall us and then there ended up being a split in this church over that issue <laughs> no yeah, and so I was like, okay, my my spidey senses tingling was was legit. <laughs> yeah, well, if we're gonna go there, I mean, <laughs> it's it's uh, math is hard, but I'm I'm willing to go on the religion side. Uh, the uh, um, myself, I'm 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 not religious, mm-hmm. uh, but within the past couple of years, I for the first time truly i believe understood uh the religious viewpoint you know that um people who are raised that way and who believe that way uh feel that you know without god their life has no meaning and and i just it wasn't it was never important to me so i never understood that mm-hmm. until i was listening of all things the person who converted me was neil degrasse tyson on Star Talk, so he had a guest that was a like a physics ethicist or something. I can't remember the the exact term, but she um, he kept pressing her because of this whole simulation idea, which Neil deGrasse Tyson believes, which Elon Musk, some really intelligent people believe, uh, and that's fine. Um, but some of the ramifications of that belief is that then we don't have free will, and he kept pressing her, and she finally capitulated he was like do you believe that we have free will and she was like probably not 
And that invoked a religious response in me. It's like, no, I have free will, damn it. I don't care what science says. I have free will because otherwise my life means nothing. And then I realized, I get it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's... Uh... I, I have found myself as I as I'm getting older um, that uh, you know I was, okay so so being being autistic and also having uh, having uh, ADHD and OCD just experiencing the whole the, the whole wealth of of all those things um, one of the one of the big things that I always had trouble with growing up while I was in school was whenever I would take tests in school and there would be multiple choice questions and I would look at the question and I would look at the possible answers and I would be able to make a justification for multiple answers that were offered. Absolutely. Yep. And, and, and I have always, I've always looked at things that way. It's a, it is, there's no black and white answer to something. And well, that has that that has kind of spilled over into uh, other things in life lately, including from a you know from a religious aspect. I mean, frank, frankly, I find myself sitting back and saying, okay, you know, you know, there's there's all these things that I learned, uh, you know, from a religious aspect as a kid, especially the fact that I grew up as a pastor's kid myself. Um, but. Uh, you know, but but for all those things, okay, I still I still understand it, I still get it, I still see the path to that. But then you look over here to to uh, people who are uh, self-professed atheists, and and uh, you know I, I I see the validity of their details and their path to you know what they're talking about, and then I look at uh, you know I, I look at. Buddhism, uh, Hindu, uh, uh, um, uh, like you know, pagan Earth religions. That you know, it's speaking of which, a little, a little bit of a tidbit there. Um, you realize that the reason that we call them pagan religions is because the Catholic Church, basically, it was the ones that were referring to referring to them as pagans back in the day. Because they were trying to solidify their control. Did you, did you realize that? A, a, a religious organization trying to solidify control? No, I, I, I don't believe you. <laughs> um, but, 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 but no, you know, most people, most people that are uh, religious people, you know, they'll they'll refer to non-religious people as pagans. But yeah. the but the source of the, the, the source of what. Uh, is considered being pagan is actually uh, is actually the existing earth religions um, that were there uh, prior to the establishment of the Catholic Church. Um, you know, s same way that uh, you know, s same way that uh, you know, especially especially you start talking to uh, evangelicals. You know, you you say the name Lucifer. It's like, oh, if you're talking about the devil, and there's actually a very there's actually a very distinct uh, distinct line that Lucifer is not a devil character per se, but uh, but more of the fallen angel. And and even if you go look in the Bible, 
and, and it, it mentions this, but they, they, they take it one step further in, oh, you know, this is a, this is a opposition force. It, and, you know, they, they don't realize that, that uh, it's described as being, yep. as, as being somebody, j j just somebody who rebelled against the existing order. Um, which is which which uh in current mantra they you you must fall into order i mean that's that's the the big thing is right and and so it was putting that down putting that resistance down you bring up the earth religions <clears throat> like the wiccans you know a a central tenet being do as thou wilt yet harm none right i can't argue, i can't argue with that uh let me go back real quick though do you talk about the uh uh the afflictions and taking a test and the multiple choices and being able to come up with justifications for each. Absolutely. One of my favorites, this is about math is hard, ostensibly. Um, uh, I loved mathematics because you could learn a few rules and you could derive just about everything you needed during a test. You know, um, now on the history test, you could learn the date that Oliver Cromwell chopped off the king's head <clears throat> the king's head chopped off and that doesn't let you infer anything about the rump party right at all so you know um i really like mathematics because it was very very procedural and 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 you could understand that i would rather have a calculus problem than fill out an employment form for burger king because i, I look at each form and i'm like well what do they mean there i does they mean this 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 you know mm -hmm. but th then as you go into the uh the, the religions though I've, i definitely have i've like you're probably like yourself studied many of them and uh there are have been in human history tens of thousands and my view is that to say that yeah but there's tens of thousands but mine's right is 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 a bit arrogant um the uh and and we all know that numbers don't make things right uh just because everyone believes something doesn't mean it's true. Just because nobody believes it doesn't make it not true. Um, the uh, how I quantify myself is not as an atheist, but as an agnostic, not okay. agnostic, not agnostic, but agnostic, which um, most people immediately assume agnostic, meaning you're not sure one way or the other. But the agnostics believe that there are so many definitions of God, at least tens of thousands because that's how many religions we've had and so you must describe god for me to say whether or not i believe and if you personally for me if you say it's a bearded person up in the sky i'll say nope i don't believe sorry um if you say it's that feeling you have when you step outside and the wind blows in your hair and you're connected to nature i i've felt that I understand that. I'm, I'm not going to dis, dismiss you. I, I fully embrace you. You know, uh, so the agnostic is describe God before I, I say whether or not I, I believe in, in that. Yeah, it is, it, it, and I mean that, that that makes sense. You know, I I I, uh, I the, the the one the one thing I will never claim is to have the answers. I, I will never claim to have the answers. But the one thing I do know is that if you look across 
if you if you look across every religion, um, you could find that they teach the exact same thing basically, and that's be kind to people. That's 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 what it gets down to the the, the golden rule specifically. I mean, the, the the golden rule exists in in some form or fashion in practically every religious text that ever has existed. Uh, it's, yeah. Well, and, and a lot of them were just they exactly that they were trying to improve humanity and our culture. Uh, if you look at the Old Testament, an eye for an eye sounds horrible. But at the time, it was if you injured my brother, I'm going to go back and kill all of your family. <laughs> so an eye for an eye was an improvement. <laughs> you know, yeah. they were trying to do that. And then and and then you have the New Testament turn the other cheek, and and we're we're constantly trying to improve humanity's interaction with each other. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, I I could fully get behind the the, the idea that hey. We're, you know, be, treat treat somebody else like you want to get it. If you want to, if you want people to treat you nice, treat them nice, you know. And unless you're a masochist. <laughs> 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 oh, so, so there there are some of us that are unintentionally a masochist and uh, have have a hard time fighting that. <laughs> so it was my 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 favorite joke. Uh, uh, what did the masochist say to the sadist? What's that? Hurt me, hurt me. What was the sadist reply? What was that? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that would be a sadistic answer to give to a master. Yeah. <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, wow. <laughs> Good. Math is hard. <laughs> Math, math is definitely hard. Yeah. Um. Okay, so just 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 randomly out there, since you know, since uh, you know, we have uh, we we have uh, talked about math and you know the very the very structured approach on a number of things. Um, history. I I personally think everybody has a random moment or random bit of time in history that's not quite uh well known it's a little bit obscure but that they but that they each you know that every person has that oh you know that's that's cool i'd like that what's yours i would say it you know we, we brought it before where uh uh my epiphany of understanding religious belief uh, I've always been very, I hate the term progressive, but I, I believe we should progress. And so the progressive sounds right. It has a different connotation now. Uh, I won't say liberal, but it's very, I, I, I want to see, see us move forward. And I think the point for me was understanding the value of conservatism in that, you know, where it's World War II, we're racing for the bomb. We have the Manhattan Project. And at the time, from what I've read, we were not certain that there would not be a runaway effect from an atomic detonation that would just completely engulf all of the atmosphere and destroy all life on Earth. We, we weren't certain of that. And we went ahead with it. 
at that point, I understood there should have been a conservative voice <laughs> on that panel to go in, wait, 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 so, you know, we might win the war, but like destroy all of humanity. Uh, that's the options. Um, you know, uh, I th who was it that said, uh, oh, it was um, John Stewart. Uh, his belief basically was that the end of the world is not going to come from, you know, massive nuclear attacks and all that. The last words heard from humanity are going to be, that's weird. <laughs> you know, that's, and so, that's very likely true. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I'm a full advocate of science and the progress of science and all of that, but there are reasons for restraint where when you're dealing with things that are unknown, you know, we don't know what we're going to do, the, the, the unintentional consequences. Yeah, so, that, that, that whole thing of, yeah, we can do it, but have you ever stopped to think if we should? Yeah, why? Yeah, yeah the whole uh, facial database tracking, you know, we can do that now. Should we be doing that? Um, now, if you bringing up that, uh, that, uh, that, that comment about, you know, about the A-bomb and we didn't know if it wouldn't set the sky on fire or not. Um, makes me think about, have you ever seen uh, Oliver Stone's The Untold History of America? I have not. You might actually appreciate that. I, uh, after watching that, I have, uh, I have uh, come to the belief that, um, that, that uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was probably the one the the the, the one uh, most pr probably the most level-headed person to be president in the last 100 150 years so he's a very stable genius uh yeah i mean cuz because we traded in politics we had a lot of what would now be referred to as old school cronyism um you know it's, it's especially uh, you know, with the, uh, the political parties and party bosses and everything and, you know, stuff like Tammany Hall and whatever. And, you know, you know people went out and like literally threatened you with physical harm uh, to vote in a certain way at times. Stuff like that. Um, and that, that was kind of on its way out in the early 1900s. Um, and then after FDR died, and Truman took office, um, there, my gosh, I, I, there, there's so many people that if you were to talk to probably would have uh, just so many good things to say about Truman. Um, if, if you really looked at the whole story, might not necessarily be the case. Or, heck, okay, probably, probably the biggest international kerfuffle that that the u.s was involved in before being in afghanistan for 20 years was vietnam right mm. okay so do you do you realize that that uh, jfk was at, uh, was actually part of the decision making early on that uh, ended up leading down the chain of events that got us into Vietnam. No. Yeah, he was. But he wasn't the first. Yeah. Truman. Truman. Got us 
Yeah, he, he, he pushed us through Korea. But then the decisions that Truman kept making after Korea put us in, it ended up going down the chain of events that put us into Vietnam. So it's, it, it's, it, it's just, it, it's, it's just amazing that we went from, from, you know, such, from such old school, uh, old school tactics to, we just traded it for modern tactics. And the one, the, the one person that was, that bridged it all was FDR. And as, because uh, like another one of the things that was, uh, was in that Oliver Stone series is that it talked about how much that after FDR died, that Stalin started to turn, uh, started to turn a little more aggressive in his stance toward the U.S. because Truman turned aggressive toward him and the and the U.S.'s stance. And it's all it's one of those things. Hey, if FDR had not died when he did, if FDR had been able to see out the end of the war, what would the world have looked like? Yeah. So there, there, there's, there, there's just so much of that stuff that, it, you know, that, that, that whole, uh, that the winners write the history books. Oh, absolutely. Um, especially, especially in this day and age of, of uh, marketing, that's never been so truer. And I, I think a lot of people don't actually realize some of the things that have gone on right under their noses. And this, this isn't conspiracy theory talk even. This is, this is things that are documented. That is that if you, you know, you could go through the same, uh, through the same research that Oliver Stone ended up doing and see the same details. There's no conspiracy to it. I, I think that's a very important thing for teaching the, the 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 upcoming generations. Before it was always really focusing on how to think mm-hmm. that, that would help, but I think the number one thing now it, it, that's definitely important, but is how to trust sources. Uh, you know that really is because of the quote democratization of information mm-hmm. has made a lot of it absolutely worthless. But uh, but back to the, the the points in time as well. Another that always really touched me. I, I'm, I'm a, f- a real fan of uh, World War II and crypto. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we broke Enigma, we had to make sure that the Germans didn't know that, so that they would continue transmitting using that. And how many American soldiers we sent to their death when we could have stopped it? But because we had to have some plausible deniability that we didn't know that, you know, a certain brigade or or a certain uh, fleet was going a certain place, that would be a really hard decision to make. Mm-hmm. 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 Totally agreed. Totally agreed. So I've I've got a, a storm coming in. It looks like so uh, okay. if I. If I drop out, that's why. <laughs> I, 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 I understand. In You're fact, from Texas. You, 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 know, you know Texas. Yeah. Yeah. If, well, that, that makes me think. I'm going uh, to go pull up the radar and look while we're talking. Um, no, it's to talk, to, to talking about characters that, um, that uh, you know, could have really affected the turn of history. 
that especially around World War II, once again, um, you've got uh, uh, Patton and MacArthur. Mm-hmm. You know those those two guys right there. Um, you know they that they were seen as as uh, mavericks in their day, and because they wouldn't because they wouldn't fall in line, you know they they got shut down from you know, from angles that they were pursuing but now that we've seen how history has played out is you know what was that actually a smart idea you know did did they actually realize something that that nobody else did uh and, you know and could they have prevented some of the bad things from happening if they had been able to been able to uh uh be allowed to pursue uh, pursue their course of being a maverick and you know taking care of things in a little more of a straight up manner i don't know well they they, they say i mean democracy is what we pride ourselves on uh, even though we're a republic (laughs) but um it's the least offensive form of government that we've come up with i believe um but the the perfect form of government would be a dictatorship by a purely altruistic individual, you know, uh, that can be that maverick, that can decide the best thing for everyone. Um, that doesn't exist. That person does not exist. You know, the power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. But mm-hmm. um, when you're talking about individuals in World War II, uh, are you familiar with uh, uh, Jasper, I think it was Maskeline, um, the war magician in England? Um, actually, I can't say I am familiar. Uh, it was amazing. He he was the one that if you if you ever seen anything about the brigades of tanks or airplanes that were all made out of uh, basically flat sheets of uh, plywood or cardboard. I don't know what they were, but uh, to make reconnaissance of German forces, see things that were not there. He was responsible for that. Um, basically, every night in the Suez Canal, they would shut down all the lights of all of the actual uh bases and and cities in the suez canal and five miles i think it was uh in one direction he lit up to make look like those bases and cities so the germans would come in and bomb the crap out of something that didn't exist (laughs) um great story the war magician yeah that is was was he involved in the uh any of the uh, uh fake army that was surrounded Patton uh, across from Calais before D-Day? I don't know, but that would definitely be his purview, yeah. Um, There was another great story, uh, a book called um, Of Silk and Cyanide. Mm -hmm. It's all about crypto during World War II. Um, What they used to do is they uh, would line the insides of uh, troop, uh, these people that they're dropping behind enemy lines, they'd line their coats with silk that had one time pad Im- embedded in it. So they would cut out parts of it and use that one time pad uh, to communicate back. Uh, but silk was very expensive, right? Mm-hmm. And so the War Department, of course, wants to cut expenses. And so they were pushing weak crypto. And this individual, um, Leo Marx, I believe was his name, uh, had to brief and send people going behind enemy lines with crypto that he knew was broken by the Germans and would likely mean their death. 
very, very difficult position to be put in, especially because he knew the right thing to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Um, <laughs> well, I tell you, I'm looking at the time and I realize, and I realize why I'm starting to feel a mental lag right now. <laughs> yeah, um, we were, we were an hour late starting because of Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just, oh man, it's just been a, uh, interesting and frustrating evening, uh, prior to getting on here with you. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, maybe it'd be, maybe it'd be a good idea to cut it off before I start babbling. <laughs> I'd like to hear that. Uh, um, no, Hey, Hey, good as always, uh, talking to you, my friend. Um, I, and, uh, I'll go ahead and I'll, and I'll do your, uh, upcoming plug for you uh Ahitacon is this saturday may 2nd and right smack dab in the in the kickoff spot you are moderating the uh, moderating the panel that starts at 10 30 a.m eastern daylight savings time 9 30 central 8 30 mountain 7 30 pacific ali sorry that wasn't intentional um, yeah, I mean, nine nine thirty for me is like I might as well just stay up. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, Leaf and uh, uh, Ushi and Rando, it's going to be a great panel. We're going to start it off with some some uh, um, hopefully useful advice on uh, job searches and and getting into the industry. Uh, and then we're going to have a lot of, a little bit of fun. We're we're going to go into some improv type stuff. So it should be a good time. Uh, that that should be enjoyable, most definitely. Um, we uh, we do have a good slate of talks uh, set over a number of different things. Um, have a couple of people that that uh, decided to submit two talks, and uh, and uh, both their, both people with both those talks were accepted. So you'll see a couple of faces twice. Um, on top of that, we have in a future speaker slot, Jason Street. And anybody that has ever Jason Street speak knows that's an experience and a good experience at that. Uh, so that'll be that'll be smack dab in the middle of the schedule. And then our keynote speaker, Amanda Berlin, and her topic is a hot dog, a sandwich, or a taco. <laughs> and and yes, I I actually think that she was joking with me partially because. Uh, because she, uh, last time uh, she and I talked, um, she asked me, do you really want me to talk about that? And I said, sure. I I'm, I'm one of those people that I call bluffs if they sound interesting to me. So what well, was that? Was that submitted when this was taco con, not fajita con? Yeah. Fajita? I, okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, was, I, I asked her to keynote whenever, uh, before, uh, I ended up changing the name of it. Um, yeah, so, but hey, you know, Fajita Con, we could talk about tacos because technically, you know, if, if you're one of those people that you don't roll up your fajita, you only fold it, you're, it's, yeah. it, 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 it's a fajita taco. So there you go. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, I don't even do the shells or the, the, the rolls. I'm a, a keto kind of guy. So gotcha. I, I eat the fajita innards. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Absolutely. And, and definitely looking to that, forward to that talk. And as you said with Jason, um, 
in my top five talks, he has at least three of them. Uh, always, always inspirational and at times uncomfortably life changing. Uh, absolutely love Jason. Yeah, absolutely agreed. And uh, and uh, I've posted on Twitter already before, but uh, after Fajitacon has come and gone, um, besides the fact that yes, we'll make uh, videos of all the talks available on demand. Um, there will actually also be a, a special announcement about the future of FajitaCon because, I mean, come on, guys, these virtual cons, they have come together so fast that a few people like me, for instance, had good intentions about doing it, but didn't really have a idea about what it was going to be. Well, I finally, I've, I finally have uh, developed that idea. I have shaped it out. I think it'll be. Uh, I think it'll be a really good experience moving forward uh, for repeat events, and I'll have the full details of that announcement. Um, you know, within uh, within a couple of days after FajitaCon has come and gone. So, well, whether it's been fully thought out or not, it's happening. So, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I, I even uh, I, I was even uh, looking on Twitter just a moment ago, and I and I saw somebody hit that one of the speakers had changed their. Uh, screen name to so-and-so is speaking at fajita con and i'm like that's that, that that's legit that, 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 yep. that, that's a legit feeling um so yeah it's it, it's happening um I, i'm uh I, i've i've got to complete all the um, technical setup in the next couple of days but uh i know how i'm going to do it i just need to do it so it'll be it'll be ready it'll it, it'll be good I'm glad you brought that up. I will go change my my Twitter to at FajitaCon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Wirefall, definitely, once again, uh, always a good time talking to you. Let's do this. You know, let's do this. At, you know, I mean, heck, you are you have a open invitation to come on the podcast. Or if you're just trying to track me down just because you want to talk, you know how to find me. Absolutely. And we have horizontal rain right now. So a good time to sign off here. Yep. Uh, always good talking to you, Thinker, and uh, look forward to uh, uh, being on FajitaCon in a few days.